Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unk, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unk, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast. Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. We have been helping, trying to find a two-year-old little boy, Jordan Belvoe, it's not the way I wanted the search to end. In the last hours, the mother of the two-year-old boy has been charged with homicide. Florida Department of Law Enforcement has canceled the Amber Alert for Jordan Bellevue. Jordan has been found in a wooded area behind me. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. Yesterday, we reported that the two-year-old had gone missing, that mom had accepted a ride with a man she didn't know. She knew him only by Antoine in a white Toyota Camry with a black grill, with rosary beads, with a air freshener hanging from the rearview mirror. And he had dreadlocks, and he had gold teeth, and he was wearing a baseball cap even down to the description of his clothes. It was all a lie. It was all a lie. Mommy insisting that she had been knocked out with multiple blows to the face. She was found ostensibly passed out 
unconscious in a wooded area in Florida. Now we know it was all a ruse, according to police, that the little boy was not missing at all, that Jordan, in fact, had been killed. With me is Ellen Kaloran on the story. Ellen, how did they determine the mommy was involved? The police found bloody clothes in the home, and in searching for the boy, um, they discovered that she had actually bludgeoned him, made up the whole story about him being missing, and hid those remains in the very same woods where she said that she woke up. That's right. That's my understanding as well, Ellen. 21-year-old mom, Cherie Stinson, was extremely deceptive, according to Largo Police Lieutenant Randall Cheney. He says during a news conference that Stinson lied to police. Ashley Wilcott, juvenile, judge, lawyer, founder of ChildCrimeWatch.com, Ashley, I know when I read this about baby Jordan being found, I learned that Jordan had been in foster care. Why in the H-E-double-L did they give him back to this mother? Now he's dead, Ashley. Right. So in Florida, in any state, really, they return or reunify a child with a parent if the child's been abused or neglected, if the parent completes certain items to show that they're not going to further abuse or neglect the child or cure the, the grounds of deprivation or dependency. And so in this particular case, it looks, it begs looking at the record and the good, not the good thing. When a child dies, then there's a right for media to get hold of the records to see what happened because clearly they now need to look back at those records to see was this yet another system fail where the child should not have been returned to the mother because she admitted after the fact yes she was frustrated so she struck the child causing his head to hit a wall well guess what nancy you know as well as i do to cause a child's head to get injured to that extent with the traumatic injury to the head it is not striking a child it is really a great deal force required that's a lie, too. I mean, Cheryl McCollum, director of the Cold Case Research Institute, your job is putting together cases that have been neglected or overlooked or simply the cops didn't know about it. For her to say she became frustrated with him because of some type of an injury to his right leg, she says she struck the child in the face. You know what? If anybody got near my children and struck them in the face, they would be looking down the wrong end of a gun barrel. I can tell you that much. She says she struck the child in the face, causing his head to strike a wall, that the blow caused the child to have seizures during the night. Now, I've gotten a hold of the police affidavit, and that's what it says. That is total BS, Cheryl. To have seizures in the night, that must have been some blow, Cheryl. Oh, there's no question, Nancy. And the autopsy is going to answer a lot of questions for us, specifically how many times that child was struck in the head and just what he went through during that night before he died. You know, it's breaking my heart on this, too. Dr. Daniel Bober, forensic psychiatrist, joining me. Also out of Florida, this is in your backyard, Daniel. But she, we, we don't know right now whether... The baby boy was dead or alive when mommy just laid him down in the woods and left him, left him there. Yes, Nancy, it's a horrific crime and just 
to think about the suffering that this child went through is just, uh, it's heartbreaking, really heartbreaking. I mean, to just leave your child out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, John Limley, wasn't this in a heavily wooded area where she claimed she had been left? In fact, she left the child there. Exactly. Uh, she mentioned that when she woke up on Sunday morning, she was in the middle of this sort of park setting and her child was nowhere to be found. Well, you make it sound so idyllic. That's certainly putting perfume on the pig, John Lindley, in a park setting. It makes it sound like they went out for a picnic and whoops, he wandered off. That's not what happened. She struck him so hard by her own admission, he had seizures all during the night. And then his body just turns up in the same wooded area where she was. Police find bloody clothes at her apartment. Here's the other thing. Does anybody but me remember Susan Smith and her elaborate story about how, again, she claims the black guy comes, Drove the car into the yeah, water. comes up yeah. to her at a stop right. sign in the middle of nowhere and takes her children and pushes, puts the Abducts car. Them, yeah, right. for no reason. Here we go again. Same old thing. This time she had this incredibly elaborate description of the guy that took her son. Did anybody notice that? The the big lie she told? What about it, Bober? I mean, look, you know, she's trying to fill in the gaps of the story and uh, didn't work for Susan Smith and it didn't work for her either. All the way down to the name that she made up for the for the culprit. You're right. right. Exactly. As many details as possible to make it seem like it was real. You know, that, that that's the thing, Wendy Patrick. If you're going to lie, keep it simple, all right? Because you're going to get all tangled up in your lie. And that's exactly what mommy did here. Yeah, it's one of those things, Nancy, where sometimes some criminals think it's worth it to admit to some conduct and maybe in an, in an admission, an early admission of guilt will be a mitigant. But you're absolutely right. Not in a case like this, and especially not in a case where at least admitting to some of the conduct even makes it more cruel and more inhumane. Instead of taking him to the hospital, she took him to the woods to let him die alone in the woods. So you're absolutely right. She did herself no favors, but it also makes it easier for us to prove that type of a case. So justice will be swift sooner rather than later. Well, here's the thing. I guarantee you, Cheryl McCollum, they're going to plead this down and she'll get something like voluntary or involuntary because I'm telling you, and I don't like it, but I've witnessed it. When it's an infant or a child's life, somehow the mom always walks off. She walks away. She might get five years. If it were an adult that she killed and she plotted to kill them, oh, it would be a different story. But Cheryl, she's probably going to get voluntary or involuntary and just walk but she is lying because those bloody clothes tell a different story than what she's telling how long do you think that child suffered baby jordan suffered with that evil mother years years nancy here's the bottom line the person that is supposed to protect you the most is your mama that failed in this situation she didn't do that she's the perpetrator they took that baby to save him and brought him back. And what they're going to have to show in court is hour by hour what happened to him. The seizures, the injuries because of the seizures, the fractured skull, the repeated hits, the vomiting, whatever happened to him, they are going to have to show hour by hour and then let that jury vote. 
The mother's arrest ends a two-day search for baby Jordan, who had been reported when mommy first called 911 with her big lie. Little Jordan's body was found late in the afternoon in the woods east of Lake Avenue and McMullen Road behind a baseball field at a Largo sports complex. The police are devastated, but this is what you can do. Police are looking now for any witness, any witness whatsoever that can come to court, come to police, even if anonymous, and say what they saw. And if you know something, but you're not willing to come forward, think about this. The child's body was deteriorating out in a wooded area, left dead or for dead by mommy. If you have information, please call Largo PD, 727-587-6730. She revealed that she used the liquid, which is normally like eye drops, put it in his food, and she did that without his knowledge. We don't have a clear-cut reason why she committed the, the crime that she did. The crime that she is accused of is murdering her husband with eye drops, no less. Forget about the fact she tried to kill him two years ago with a crossbow. That's a whole other can of worms. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. Local police perplexed about the death of the husband until toxicology reports indicate something very, very unusual. With me now, Ellen Kaloran with CrimeOnline.com. Ellen, what happened? Lana Clayton, who's a, a church-going woman um, in her 50s, lives in an upscale home in South Carolina. She tells police that she came into the home for after mowing the lawn and found her husband at the bottom of the stairs. She claimed that he had vertigo and he had been sick and then he fell down the stairs and he was dead. But autopsy revealed that he had high levels of the chemical ingredient in eye drops in his blood. And it turns out she admits to poisoning him over the course of three days by putting the drops in his water. That's right. This young wife, a Bible study attendee, now charged with murder after poisoning her husband by sneaking eye drops into his food. You know what's interesting to you, Cheryl McCollum, director of the Cold Case Research Institute, People love to talk about, oh, she went to Sunday school, a churchgoer. That's the first thing Ellen Kaloran said. I even said a Bible study attendee. You know what? This is, this is why we do that. Because you expect someone that is religious, that believes in doing good or should believe in doing good, does something so awful. That hypocrisy, that dichotomy is what is so irritating. I mean, in addition to the dead body. But... It, 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 it really gets under your skin, and a jury's going to hate it. They're going to hate it, Nancy, but it could also be part of her shtick. It could be part of her kind. Of course, that's how she wants to come off, is this middle-aged, church-going, sweet, never-been-arrested-before woman. But the bottom line is, she has attempted to kill her husband another time. She shot him in the head with a crossbow while he slept. Now, if you just let that marinate for a minute, 
Okay, anybody that can look at her the same, I would have to question their sanity. Because to take a crossbow and load it ain't easy. To aim it at somebody that's laying down and sound asleep is stupid. So for the thing to go off by accident or whatever story she gave them is really difficult for me to believe. And now, in three days' time, she goes back to the cabinet. She gets the eye drop. She puts it in his food. For three days, she watches this man get sicker and sicker and sicker, and she could have stopped it at any time, and she did not. You know, to Dr. Daniel Bober, uh, forensic psychiatrist, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Bober, to be a psychiatrist, you have to be a medical doctor first and then specialize in, specialize in psychiatry, right? Yes, uh, Nancy. Well, that's very irritating to the rest of us that want to diagnose this ourselves, but okay. The eye drops. It's my understanding, just as a, a layperson, that eye drops make your eyes not red because they restrict the blood vessels, including the blood vessels that look red or burst in your eyes. And by pouring this into his food in large quantities, it did the same thing to the blood vessels in and around his heart. Yes, Nancy. Tetrahydrazoline is the chemical in eye drops, and it works on a part of the body called the sympathetic nervous system. And the sympathetic nervous system is responsible for things like heart rate and blood pressure. And yes, you are correct. The chemical causes vasoconstriction or a constriction of the vessels, and it does do the same thing uh, in a more general way, which can cause uh, a heart attack, stroke, coma, seizures, and ultimately death. We are talking about a South Carolina woman who now admits to spiking her husband's food from July 19 on, spiking it not with poison, arsenic, rat poisoning, no, with eye drops. Stephen Clayton was found with high levels of tetrahydrazoline in his system, according to the autopsy. autopsy. I'm really amazed, Ashley Wilcott, that they even tested for that at the autopsy. That's not something that's normally tested. I know. Isn't that bizarre? So I was just going to say, obviously, I've never wanted to kill my husband because I certainly haven't Googled how do I do it with eye drops. So it's really an unusual um, way to murder someone, first of all. Second of all, law enforcement had to have had some kind of information from the investigation indicating that, hey, this is something that might have been used because otherwise I don't think they would have tested it in an autopsy as a standard autopsy. Except... Ashley, for the little crossbow incident, I mean, how can you even paint that as an accident? What do we know about that? Ellen Kalorn, tell me about the crossbow. 2016, she she's downstairs. She claims that she's trying, it's the middle of the night. She claims she's trying to reload the crossbow. I don't even know what she's doing with the crossbow in the first place. Goes upstairs to ask her husband for help. And then just accidentally hits him in the head with the crossbow. Cheryl McCollum, is he so desperate for love he stayed in it after being shot in the head with a crossbow and surviving? Can we just go back to her statement? I was trying to load it, and then I shot him in the head with it. Looks like you got it loaded, sister. Nice job. I mean, what are we doing? Looks like you got it loaded. 
We'll take a listen to this from our friends at Inside Edition. She was a grieving widow who claimed her wealthy husband suffered a fatal fall at home. But police say church-going Lana Clayton poisoned him with, of all things, eye drops available over-the-counter at every pharmacy in America. Court documents say the 52-year-old mother of two confessed to administering the poison to him in his water over a three-day period. Millionaire businessman Stephen Clayton lived with his wife in a South Carolina mansion that is a replica of George Washington's Mount Vernon plantation. His wife's alleged poisoning scheme was straight out of the 2005 movie Wedding Crashers. Give the eye drops. Thank you. Owen Wilson puts eye drops into Bradley Cooper's drink, sending him running to the bathroom. Funny stuff, but in actuality, the chemical in eye drops works great on the eyes, but if swallowed in significant amounts, it attacks the nervous system and can be deadly. Chills, um, sweats, uh, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea. Uh, I, I felt awful. Ginger Watson knows what it's like to be poisoned by eye drops. When she was a manager at Pizza Hut in 2011, a disgruntled coworker spiked her soda with eye drops. She was hospitalized, but fortunately survived. If I had had an underlying medical condition or I had gotten a little more of the drug, um, I could have been seriously injured or, or died. Now, a product seen in so many medicine cabinets has allegedly been used by a wife to get rid of her husband. The dead man's family members said they are shocked and mortified by the cause of Stephen's death. All our family and friends know how much he loved his wife and how devoted he was to her. Well, here's the other problem for her. To Ashley Wilcott, judge, lawyer, founder of ChildCrimeWatch.com, she is a nursing employee at the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. She knew what she was doing. She can't say, oh, it was an accident. It's clear. The water is clear. I made an accident. I didn't realize what I was doing. Nuh-uh. Mm -mm. She's a nursing employee. Yeah, and so the prosecution is going to use that information, as we know, to show that there was premeditation, right? That it was a deliberate act, that she knew how to do it. She knew what to do. She knew the chemical would be bad. She knew how to poison him. And again, it wasn't one day, three drops. It was over a period of days, well planned by her. Well, the other issue is money. Cheryl McCollum, Cold Case Research Institute, do rich people have so many problems? Can't she just go enjoy her money and swim a couple of laps in their pool and let the pool boy bring her some, you know, finger foods? Why can't they just be happy? Why are people, rich people have the worst time with their money, especially sharing it? Well, maybe that's why Walt and I are so happy. We are so broke. But here's the thing. <laughs> this woman, again, it wasn't just a period of days. It was years that she tried to kill this man. She's been plotting and scheming and trying for years. Now, here's the thing about the motive. We don't know the motive yet, but we do know she confessed mighty quick. So the motive is going to become clear the more they delve into her background. It's the same motive all rich people have. Money. Money. They're like dragons uh, in, in the Canterbury Tales. They will kill to amass the money, and then they sit on the money, guarding it like it's an egg for the rest of their lives. Long story short, I, I, motive. Why did you even say motive, Cheryl McCollum? You know, under the law, the state doesn't have to prove motive. It's either a boyfriend or it's, a, or it's money. But what about this? I love this. 
when it came time to plan the funeral, Ashley Wilcott, she goes, just let's have it in the backyard. It was like a barbecue. She had the funeral. She just did it in the backyard, Ashley. Of course she did, because she didn't care about him. She killed him. She could have given a hoot. I'm surprised she even had a funeral. Well, that's well put. You know, Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor, very often when there's a suspicion as to the cause or mode of death, cops look at what goes down at the funeral. They didn't have to look far here, Wendy. One of the things that struck me about that backyard funeral is for a church-going Bible study lady, she did not even have it in a church. And reminds me of, of one of the best Billy Sunday quotes, sitting in a church doesn't make you a Christian any more than sitting in a garage makes you a car. And in terms of being a mitigant or an aggravant when it comes to sentencing, this is going to be an aggravant. The callous nature of her behavior after the fact will certainly come into play in determining how much time she serves. This wasn't an isolated incident. This was apparently a three day sophisticated plot designed to to cause his death. So this does not speak to voluntary manslaughter. Ellen Kaloran, have you seen this house? It looks like the White House. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. It's a million dollar home. Um, and and on the surface, things looked things looked pretty nice for this couple. But obviously, below the surface, it was anything but. Well, I, it's just hard for me to get past the incident with the crossbow two years ago. Now, what kind of a mind does that reflect? Dr. Daniel Bober, forensic psychiatrist, don't give me a lot of Latin terms. Break it down, Bober. I mean, look at her MOs. Number one, a crossbow. And number two, eye drops. I mean, that's pretty creative. Well, you're dealing with someone who clearly doesn't uh, feel a connection to living things, especially her own husband. And, you know, that funeral uh, complete with steak, beer, and tiki torches is probably not uh, something that shows a lot of sympathy on her part. So clearly either, you know, she had an axe to grind with him and it's been building up over years, or she's just someone who wanted to get the money and get out of the situation. But either way, it's pretty antisocial and it's pretty psychopathic. Dr. Bober, I don't mean to pry, but are you married? No, ma'am. Single. Okay. FYI, for your information, whenever you do get married, please don't refer to your future wife as a, quote, situation. Okay. You want to get away from the situation because she's not going to like that. If my husband referred to our marriage as a situation, all H-E-double-L would break loose. Okay. Just remember that. That's just a note to self. Don't refer to your marriage or your relationship as a, quote, okay, situation. So, Ellen, what do we know about the marriage? Who's cheating and who wanted the money? And where did the money come from? Was it her money? I believe it was his money. Um, I'm not even sure that she was working at the time of the murder, but she she did work in the past. Well, we know something pretty important. In 2010, she reportedly posted a Facebook message saying, that her husband had had an affair, but that Mm -mm. she was going to stay with him. Mm -mm. Okay, there you go. Cheryl, I told you it was either a boyfriend or money. It's a girlfriend. He cheated. He cheated. But did he deserve the death penalty, Cheryl? You know, hell has no fury. And I tell you, when they they do the autopsy, you're going to see just how long she's been poisoning. And I bet it's much worse than three days. You think? And what's the significance of that at trial, Cheryl? Again, it shows what she's admitted to is not the whole story. I bet she has been mistreating him and poisoning him and trying to kill him for much longer than they believe now. You know what's interesting to you, Dr. Daniel Bober, forensic psychiatrist? Think about it. 
nearly every poisoning case I have either handled or covered. And this goes all the way back to, let's just say, the Lynn Turner trial uh, that took place in my backyard where Lynn Turner killed one boyfriend and one husband by putting antifreeze in their lime jello. Okay, because right. antifreeze is sweet and they never tasted it. Uh, it's, it's seemingly, you know, stereo, stereotypically a woman's crime. Why is that? Well, women tend to use poisoning more, whereas men tend to use firearms more. Um, firearms are gener- is generally seen as a more aggressive way, if you will, a more violent, vicious way to kill someone. Not that using antifreeze is not vicious, but uh, it's it's almost like suicides. Men tend to use firearms and women tend to overdose. So it just seems to be uh, a gender difference in terms of the method used. Well, this is a death penalty jurisdiction and laying in wait, which this would qualify for, is typically an aggravating circumstance. We will wait as justice unfolds for Miss Thing, Lana Clayton. We have been denied real access to the documents we need to advise. Chairman, regular orders called for. Which turns this hearing into a charade and a mockery of our norms. Well, and Mr. Chairman, I therefore move to adjourn this hearing. Okay. Mr. Chairman, I I ask for a roll call vote on my motion to adjourn. It is happening right now. Protests, screaming, gnashing of teeth, switching of tails. A major protest happening right now over what? One man, one judge who will sit for a lifetime on the bench of the U.S. Supreme Court court. You think it won't affect your life? Oh, yes, it will. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. What you just heard were protesters interrupting proceedings at the Capitol as confirmation hearings are underway for the new U.S. Supreme Court judge position. Straight out to Ellen Kaloran, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. What's the fuss? Um, as you said, it's been absolute. Did I hear you laughing? You think it's funny, little girl? It's been absolute chaos on the on the Senate hearing floor since yesterday. It started out with protesters screaming, Democratic senators demanding that the hearings be delayed. It's it's one of the most chaotic things that we've seen and because it's so heated and it's so contentious and there's so much riding on this this one judge appointment. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Joining me, California prosecutor Wendy Patrick, Dr. Daniel Bober, M.D. and psychiatrist. And boy, do we need a shrink 
Judge and lawyer Ashley Wilcott and director of the Cold Case Research Institute, Cheryl McCullum. You know, Cheryl, I'm just going to come to you first. You're not a legal scholar. You're not a lawyer. But you know how, as I do, how Supreme Court rulings affect criminal law, affects what evidence gets into court, what evidence does not get into court. Do I have to even say U.S. v. Miranda? Do I have to say Gideon versus Wainwright? I mean, Roe v. Wade, which is a whole nother can of worms. It affects us in the courtroom every day who sits in that seat, and it's for life. It's for life. They get a DUI. They get a parking ticket. They sit on the bench, Cheryl. That's not going to change. Just like Terry v. Ohio, it not only affects us in the courtroom, it affects us at the street level. The police officer, as soon as you engage with someone, whether or not you can frisk, when you need to read Miranda, and all the things going forward, this is a massive appointment, Nancy. Life-changing. Well, the other thing, too, Ashley Wilcott, uh, Ashley, we all know there are nine Supreme Court justices. Somebody's got to break a tie. Somebody has to break a tie on these cases that mean so much to us. Absolutely. So he is super conservative, as we all know, um, and he would be the tiebreaker. And think about some of the things that he could be ruling on and being a tiebreaker aren't just, for instance, Roe v. Wade women's rights. It's really about the invasion of the government into personal rights, which affects everybody. You know what? I'm very torn because... I'm hard on crime, but I'm not crazy about the government getting all up in my personal business. You know? You know what I mean? Let me go to you, Wendy Patrick, California prosecutor. Weigh in. How important is what's going on right now? It's going to filter down to all of us. It's absolutely right, Nancy. It's very important. You know, we always say the Supreme Court justice, that's a job of a lifetime because he's going to be there for the rest of his life, which is 30 plus years, no doubt. So it is a very big deal. He, 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 he. Why is it almost always an old white guy. No offense to all you old white guys and young white guys listening right now. I love you guys. Without you, I wouldn't have a job because you're always killing people. But why do they all have to sit on the U.S. Supreme Court? Well, 53 is young. As I get older, it's younger and younger. But one of the important things, I think, what we're seeing in the hearing, we're really seeing a lot of... I'm not saying him. I'm not saying he's old. I had personal knowledge up close and personal knowledge of Supreme Court Justice Rehnquist, who I believe would qualify as an old white guy. No offense to all you old white guys, because I was on Law Review that year, and we had him come to Mercer as a speaker. And I, being who I was, got stuck because I missed a meeting with arranging all the refreshments. And I ordered all the cookies and the punch and the blah, blah. And I got to meet Rehnquist. He came up to me and started talking with his mouthful and spit cookies right on to my only nice dress. It was a royal silk, royal blue silk dress right there, right in the front, Ellen, right there. That's my memory of Rehnquist. So I'm okay with old. I don't have a problem with that, but I just surprised me. We don't get that many minorities and that many women on the Supreme Court, but that's a whole nother can of worms. Right now, what do you think, Wendy? Well, it looks like it, it's a the hearing's contentious. It's unprofessional. There's outbursts and and breaches of decorum all around. But at the end of the day, Nancy, I think it's going to come down not to momentum but math. 
and Kavanaugh appears to have the vote. So at the end of this circus, he will be confirmed. That's my prediction. I'll even predict what I did with Neil Gorsuch, that there's going to be a few Democrats, primarily the ones from red states, that are going to vote with the Republican majority. It's going to get more votes than people think. Well, as promised, joining me, Dr. Daniel Bober, psychiatrist. Dr. Bober, some of those protesters are dressed like Handmaid's Tale. Now, I read the book when it, I don't even know when it came out, but I read it, I guess, in high school or college where women are subjugated in a future world to childbearing. And if you can't have children, then you're not much use of anything. And all these women were dressed in the red handmaid's outfit with the white, looks like a nun hat. And um, now there are accusations that some of them were paid off to protest. I don't know if that's true or not. But there, this is a very visceral thing. People are angry on whichever side they're on, and it's on a, a judgeship because many people know, Dr. Bober, how serious this one position is. You know, Nancy, it's funny. When people vote for a uh, president, the general public never thinks about the effect that their vote is going to have on the judiciary. But you realize uh, with the current administration that the judiciary is being reshaped in such a way that will it continue? It will continue to affect us for generations. So I could see why passions are running high. I myself, when I worked on Capitol Hill, I remember a lot of these protesters from from groups like Code Pink, you know, showing up in senatorial offices to let their feelings be known. So I can understand why passions run high because the implications are so tremendous that I don't even think we realize the full weight of this until something, a test case comes up. Well, eruptions ongoing, protests ongoing, as this major decision is being made right now. Take a listen to this. The D.C. Circuit is often referred to as the second second highest court in the land because it hears many critically important cases involving agency action and the separation of powers. During his time on the bench... Judge Kavanaugh has heard over a thousand cases. He's written more than 300 opinions. His opinions span nearly 5,000 pages in length. But what a rem- what's remarkable about Judge Kavanaugh's judicial record is not just its length, but its depth and its quality. Judge Kavanaugh has been a true thought leader. He's written powerful opinions on the separation of powers and administrative law. He's shown that he brings a fair-minded approach to questions of criminal law and employment law. We wait as justice unfolds and the new U.S. Supreme Court justice is named. Nancy Grace, Crime Stories, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier the powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. 
Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner. 